Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to the latest episode of Soccer in the City. Tom Colker, Glenn Crooks, Roberto Bramwich, John Rojas. Boys, it's been a little while since we've all gotten together. It's going to be back with the crew. Some New York City FC specific news, uh, some league news, um, we're going to play soccer again, which is great. We don't know exactly where we're going to play soccer, but we know there's going to be soccer in MLS in 2021. That's the good news. Um, but let's start with New York City-specific content, and we're waiting for the team to sign players. We know there's two DP spots available, but with the, the trade of Ronald Matri to FC Cincinnati, that certainly opened up a whole other left side. And we have uh, the newest member of New York City FC. Yes. I mean, he's a left, a left back. Uh, we saw your heat map. He stays tight to left side, but just watching some video of him, looks like he's not afraid to go in there and be aggressive in terms of tackles, but he's a young kid uh, coming over, and I guess we slot him right in that left back spot. Yeah, I mean, that's it's got to be why they got him. Uh, and he's primarily left, as you said, that heat map that I uh, tweeted out. Just uh, you know, it was a, it was I think it was the 14 games that he had played this year, and uh, you know, and then there's a little highlight tape, five minutes or so, where you get to see him slide tackle about 20 times, and then uh, do some other things as far as getting into the attack. Looks like he can whip in a serve nicely, and uh, you know, it remains to be seen. I think he play, he plays a little taller than I, I, he's listed as five nine, but he, he looks a little taller. You know, when you when you look out on the pitch and how he plays, and he's he looks decent in the air, but uh, you know, I, I think you know, it's not uh, it's not the kind of signing that's going to um, fire up the supporters. But you needed a guy uh, to play that side of the field who could play a fullback and could play a wingback if they happen to play three at the back ever. And it looks like he's got the qualities uh, to do uh, either or. Uh, and then the other news, which is not. You know, it wasn't surprising, and it's not necessarily huge news, but it, it appears that uh, Maxi Morales, in a uh, in an interview, who was that interview with? ML- I, I don't remember who it was with, but uh, pretty much he said, you know, when his contract's up, he wants to go back to Argentina. Uh, it's an it's an Argentinian show. Okay, is that about what you the way I translated it? Google Translate. So, yeah, I mean, this is the whole the whole conversation is uh, went about. Um, his career, of course, um, and uh, the last years of, of his game and uh, contacts that he had prior to, you know, go back to Argentina and playing. He openly spoke about how um, Belles tried to get him 
and Racing tried to get him too, but just conversations. And he, he is that during wasn't, during the time, wasn't that during the time he was at New York City? Yeah, yeah, oh, being okay. with being with New York City. Oh, okay, but uh, but he recognized that those moments weren't you know the proper moment to come back to Argentina. He was either under contract or he was uh, negotiating the, his extension and. And and it's not easy to take the decision to go back to Argentina, not only you know, soccer-wise, but you know economically and socially and you know family-wise. So, um, but he reinforced that his idea has been always that he dreams uh, that his kid see him playing in Argentina. All right. So is that is this and 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 he openly said that uh, this is my last year of contract and. You know, if there is a chance, maybe this is the chance. Did he say anything specifically about New York City, his time here, the coaches he played for? They talk about any no, of that? No, 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 not really. I mean, he just said that, well, he spoke, you know, uh, a lot about how he uh, his relationship with David Villa was really a good one, not only on the field, but off the field, that they considered themselves friends. Uh, they used to get together with their families in short time. Uh, he spoke about uh, how good of a person Pirlo is too. I mean, totally, he explained how different he is in the sense that he is more to himself. He's not, you know, the Latino, playful, joyful, and, and you know, guy that fools around and plays uh, uh, with each other, but that he was a really nice guy to be around and very, of course, knowledgeable again, but outside of the field, nice person to talk to. And um, and pretty much that's it. I mean, he of course said that he enjoyed a lot his life in in New York, and um, is is basically that. I mean, they went. This is a show that you sh- that usually invites. It's actually the section of a show, and they invite uh, either current players or ex players, and they talk about you know uh, specific elements of their careers and their current uh, lives. So they spoke with Maxi about, you know, the 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 youth World Cup that he used to play, and the international tournaments and how he won with Vélez uh, the cup uh, in Argentina and the kids that he grew up with, and sure. you know, they they just go through his whole career. Well, I think when he does leave, you know. It's one of those things. He's he's just been such a fixture. I know he's missed some time with injuries, but uh, when he does leave, it's that's a big hole for them. Especially since uh, the team just never seems to perform the same way when he's not on the field. I mean, obviously last year he got uh, he was hurt, so he didn't get a chance to to play much. But the year before that, he had twenty assists in the regular season. So you know how effective he can really be. So the thing is, is that uh, do they get somebody this year to groom him to replace him? Is it Andres Jason who is going to, you know, take over that spot if he turns out to be good enough? He's going to get a chance to to play, or are they going to have to bring somebody in from the outside? And is it going to be a same player, or are they going to try to find a different sort of number ten, the, the newer number ten as opposed to the classic number ten? So there's a lot of question marks more than anything else. And when you go back to what this season and coming up, you know, there's still a lot of holes to fill before they start worrying about who's going to be replacing Maxi Morales. From Argentinian uh, parents too, right, Jensen? Yes. 
So yeah, it's an Argentina from an Argentina. Argentina. Yep. <laughs> wasn't it Argentinian in Spanish or something like that? Am I was there? I think it's Argentinian and Spanish, yeah, Spaniard. Um, uh, and then yeah. just to just to close out and give credit what credit is due, the name of the show is Libero Versus. So Libero is the show and Versus, you know, the guest that they have. It's just like mm -hmm. a, a real nice, you know, back and forth uh, around the careers of, the, of those players. John, to John, John will you tr will you tr translate in my left ear while I'm listening in my right when I'm <laughs> when I'm listening to the podcast? I, I, yeah, good luck. <laughs> this to Roberto's point. Are are you surprised that we haven't heard more names bantied about in terms of the the DP spots for New York City FC? I mean, you know, it's nice that they got Amundsen, but the team overall has still been relatively quiet this offseason. And to to Roberto's point, there's some some big holes to fill. That's going to be a bigger one to fill, actually, because. Uh, there's a very good chance that Tati Castellanos winds up uh, going to Brazil and signing with Palmeiras. So far, as far as information that I've been able to get from both sides, um, there hasn't really been much contact. There's been conversation. There's, no been, there's not been a contract offered as far as we understand. Uh, Palmeiras has been, obviously, was very focused on the, the World World, on the uh, Club World Cup. And uh, they obviously Copa Libertadores before that. So, you know, I, we don't know what's going to happen with that, if there is going to be an offer, if it's going to be a good enough offer. So uh, everything is still in standby mode as far as Tati Castellanos. And if he does get an offer and he does go, then uh, they've got another big hole to replace because Evet, as far as we know, isn't going to be back until probably June, uh, recovering from his injury last year. So New York City is going to have to find again a number, another number nine because there's not one on the roster. Yeah, I, you know, maybe maybe that um, that talk of uh, a transfer was a little more hot when there was a threat of a strike or a lock uh, lockout or something like that. I, I don't I don't know. You know, it seems to me that the, there was more. Uh, um, plus, the transfer window was wide open then but players could still transfer in yeah correct i mean that's they can transfer in from any league correct right now is that right i mean there's a transfer window coming as far as it being open but um and they just changed the dates on that again so what is it now march uh march 10th uh yeah everything's a little later but as far as like, but a European, if somebody from no, Europe, it has to be, yeah, it has to be with different. I mean, every league have their the the window on on a different dates. So today, for example, that we are recording this is the deadline in Argentina. The thing with Brazil is that the window um, is up until the May twenty third. So you have to come with those windows because it doesn't matter uh, where you're coming from. is where you're getting to play. It's, uh, you, right. you can be playing. I mean, I don't care if MLS window is closed. If the window that if the, if the uh, market, the league that he's going to play in is still open, he can be. What you cannot is replace him. No worries. No, so, I just... Well, that's sometimes I, you know, and that's just, 
I've, I've never looked at closely at the transfer market and, and followed it that closely, but, uh, uh, but it, I think you explained it, John. I mean, it's uh, like the window that's coming up in MLS. It's been extended. Teams mm-hmm. can't move. Those are the only times teams can move within MLS, right? I think from MLS team to MLS team. No, 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 no. Uh, that window is for every single transfer. You can do transfer between the league, between teams in the league, or international transfers. It doesn't matter. No, but I mean outside the window, you can't move. You, you can't oh, no, have movement no, within no. the league, right? Within the yeah, league, exactly. you can't have movement. Yeah, okay. Exactly. All right. Great. But this year, I mean, this 2020 is, is just, you know, it's totally different. Not only a total different market, but in terms of MLS, for example, the period that is going to be without the window is probably like a month. That's it. Yeah. Because the, the summer window is going to open probably like a month after the winter window closes. The secondary window, it's opening a month after. So it's just, you know, you, it all depends. I mean, uh, right now, uh, that's why uh, teams are very focused on the South American market right now. Because uh, Argentina, for example, like I said, the, the window closes today. So there are players in Argentina that are looking for, you know, places to go and play. Because they're not, you know, they're being told they're not going to be part of the team that they are. They, they, their coach doesn't like them that much. They don't have it so much of playing time and they need to have that playing time or you know, many other different situations. So you, as, as, a, as a scout and as a front office, you want to pick on those elements and pick on those players and try to catch, you know, your fish there. Yeah, we just don't know what they're casting for. We, we never, yeah, no, uh, I think... You know that you know the specific names, or you know that's what. No. If, any, if anybody follows us on Twitter, they're always, you know, what's next? What do they got? Because the thing with New York CFC is that uh, one again, the market right now with the COVID restrictions and and all that is very is very tight. Uh, second, New York City, as as we all know, uh, they don't know exactly where they're gonna play, and that is fundamental when you're looking for players, especially players that have experience or they're. DP caliber players. You're not going to go to one player and say, oh, come and play in New York, period. You're going to show him the field. You're going to show him the facilities. You're going to, yeah. you know, you know, kind of lure him with whatever you can offer. But that's a pretty uh, valid point, John, you know, where we, you know, we don't have, there's no major league baseball schedule out. So there's no way to coordinate MLS and MLB right now, unless they're, unless they are talking to each other. And, so yeah, you don't know where you're playing. I mean, Red Bull no. Arena is going to be in play again. You'd have to think. Of course, and then and then um, and then the other part is the 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 group itself. You know, I mean, uh, the city group has been involved in the last couple of months in closing down, uh, you know, major acquisitions. One team, and then um, another relationship with a team in in Bolivia, Bolivar. So those are elements that. Yes, people can may see as irrelevant, but they are relevant because at the end of the day, money are coming from you know the same pocket. So everything has to be lined up. Every action of the group has to be lined has to be lined up. And directly involved with New York City FC, we we spoke at the end of the year how the plan to um, finish the deal relating the stadium is coming along and coming together. So that's another factor that is pushing the team to focus some, you know, energy and efforts and, and closing that deal and closing that thing. So what, you know, what we want to do now 
just bring a player just for the sake of bring a player or put or all our efforts in closing down this having the stadium and then with the stadium bring players so it's it's, it's part of it's part of the, the situation that the team is living right now well it hasn't been any fun I mean, and to be honest, I don't, you know, EMLS does not turn me on. Sorry, that's just me. I mean, yeah, other people might be. Uh, I, I guess we have a great, we have a great EMLS player uh, in the New York Did he City. Crypto, I believe his name is, and he's won two championships for New York City FC already this year. And he beat uh, DC United in the final. Well, so I, I just wanted to relay that news. Yeah, he's coming from behind to win five four. That no, that's it, I'm. I think it's it's very cool. Uh, but for me personally, and it has nothing against him or anything else, that interests me just about as much as this, all this talk about kits and what kit is good and the five stripes, they're too thin, and, and, and Montreal changed their name. I don't, man, you t- I, I don't know. I, I don't know what happened to me growing up, but I never got into kits. Put a T-shirt on and let's play the game. Thank you. <laughs> You know they sell these things, right? And they make money on this. You do understand that part of the business, don't you? Yeah, but people go crazy about kits. That, forget that part. I'm saying people go crazy about kits. Like, you know, what they're just everything. You know, the, the kit reveal. Like, it's like this monumental thing. I, God, I just can't get myself going on it. Can't, I can't. I just don't have it in me. Good. I mean, Sirius okay. XM does like a... They do like a kit, you know, like a kit World Cup and vote and who's the winner. And they do the whole thing and everybody's all charged up about it. I'm like, just give me the game, man. On the radio. Huh? They do a, they, they do a uniform contest on radio. Well, they put it on their Twitter, uh, on our Twitter, on SiriusXM. You know, you can see it. <laughs> Again, on the radio. Not everybody has Twitter. <laughs> here's, here's my uniform. It's a T-shirt. Actually, it's, it's from uh, it's it's from Montreal, so I'm uh, I'm uh, favoring the uh, impact today or whatever they're it's called. It's no longer it's the impact, impact anymore. Yeah, whatever they're called. And Henri, I, did you guys? Do you guys? I just saw. I don't know where I saw this. What is the name of the thing? Nutmeg News. Do you ever, Roberta? Do you know anything about Nutmeg News? It's just, uh, I've seen them around. It's just it's it's fake. It's like uh, the Onion, you know. It's it's fake yeah. news, and everybody knows it. You know, they don't pro- purport. But You'd they, be surprised. They had um, they had a headline. Joey Saputo appoints new logo to head coach, <laughs> and, then, and then there was the the quote was Saputo. I, I had to write it down because I, I I I was laughing. I had to run to the bathroom. I was laughing so hard. Sources indicate that Saputo parted ways with former head coach Thierry Henry after he all. <laughs> I can't even get it out. After Henri asked for the team to quote not suck so much. <laughs> oh God, how great is that? How great is that? You probably well, and, and, and and that has a background because there's this rumor that the Bournemouth is coming after yeah. Thierry Henry. Well, that that was the whole source. Yeah, it came, I saw this this morning or last night. I can't remember, but mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. The funny, the funny part is that in in uh, in South America, um, the rumor came about uh, this way. Uh, supposedly, uh, Thierry Henry is is going to be gone. Uh, Impact Mont- Montreal is going to lose Thierry Henry to Bournemouth, and then Montreal reach out to bring in Gabriel Batistuta 
as the yeah, head coach. Wow. Where, where's yeah, he now? But where does exactly. he coach? Exactly. He's a polo player. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's, been very, he's been very connected to the game. No, not at all. <laughs> like I mean, he, no, he's he being did. sarcastic. No, no, no. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, that's the truth. I mean, he, he got his badges as a coach when he was playing in Italy. But uh, since he retired, probably more than, what, 15 years? He uh, has not coached a single team, not even uh, a youth team. Well, it, youth. well, it's probably not true then. Well, yes, he was. I mean, he, so? by the way, he said, Joey, he, said he, he said, he said, he said that a team from MLS reached out to his people <laughs> and that, and that he's thinking that, you know, maybe that's the option to start with his coaching career because right after he retires, his main focus was to get his uh, um, surgery because he needed surgery to walk. Basically every time he walks, he was on pain. So he needed to have a double surgery and that was his main focus. Then after that, he started to play polo and he's actually what he's playing. His time is playing polo. He's a polo player. <laughs> so <laughs> well, I don't know if Montreal Impact is in Argentina, by the way. It oh, no, really everywhere. Popular. Oh, really? Everywhere. I, I, didn't oh, know. Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Go to Rome. He's very popular. Yeah. Uh, but, um, also, now that you were mentioning the nutmeg news, how come you didn't mention the New York City related news at nutmeg news? Well, I did see that, but it didn't. I didn't really. Uh, it's something about a, a Hartford Athletic player that was uh, being. No, signed. not Hartford Athletic. For quite, it's Richmond Athletic. For crying out loud, Roy, I don't have it in Roy front Kent. of me. Roy Kent of Richmond. Oh, Athletic. Roy Kent. <laughs> Roy He's Kent's a leader, I will tell you. He is the type of leader that the team definitely could could, could use. No. <laughs> yeah, he's a little bit old, mind you. Uh, yeah, probably play 20 minutes a game. That's about it. Yeah. It, the funny thing is, we're, we're, so we're doing this, we're recording this on Zoom, and I'm looking at Glenn's face, and Glenn is looking at, he has this blank stare because he has absolutely no idea what we're talking about. Zero. No, I, I, wanted, I, I wanted saw the Roy nothing. Kent. I don't know who Roy Kent is, though, and I didn't look exactly. it up. Exactly. I know you don't. So tell us. If you did, you'd be laughing. You would understand what the joke is about. Is he, is he the Ted Lasso of, uh, of the USL? Captain of AC. Of AC He's the captain of the, of the team. AFC Richmond. He's the captain of the team, of Ted Lasso's team. Okay. <laughs> By the way, the show is magnificent if you haven't seen it. I have, and I only started watching it because so many people were putting positive reviews on social media, people that I thought... finished watching it? Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, I watched it. Even... I had no idea. What? Well, did you watch it with the sound off? I mean, what did you do? What are you talking about? You had no idea what we were talking about. I... I no, who's Roy Hunt? Roy Hunt's on Ted Lasso? No, not Roy Hunt. Roy Kent. Oh, Kent. Roy Kent. Yeah, right. it's a character. On... Oh, I, well, listen, I watched it a long time ago. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah you, you, you watched while doing Twitter or something. That's funny. And so the, with a sound and off. So when and I put Rojas the, and I'm not Mexican. Listen, when I... <laughs> <laughs> but when I put the Ted Lasso thing out there, I didn't know. So that's a pretty interesting little uh, synchronicity there, huh? Yeah. We'll give credit for that. Tom, any Tom, actual... Any actual signings in MLS that you guys are excited about that have taken place this offseason? 
Well, and John, any anybody saying out to you? Well, what it stands to be is that uh, San Jose is bringing uh, with with the last signings. They have already six players that played before under Matias Almeida. So wow. they they on their roster they had now six players that were under Matias before. That defender so, they just brought in, he played for Mateus? Yeah, he did. Right. Yeah, Avecasis. Listen to it, Glenn. Avecasis. Casis. Avecasis. Luciano Avecasis. Okay. Roy, so Roy, Roy Kent. Avecasis. <laughs> which which cat? Wait, but wait a minute. Which character was Roy Kent? Wh which guy is he? I f I don't I, can't, I honestly captain. don't remember. He's the captain. captain He's the, the older captain of the team. Oh, all right. So now, uh, yeah, very funny, very funny. I'm sorry. I'm so, so we're actually recording this mid afternoon when I'm usually awake. So I'm uh... <laughs> usually. <laughs> <laughs> well, so listen. Um, with with this with this last signing of of Luciano Avicasis, um, earthquakes brought in. Uh, right back in himself in, in Abecases, uh, defensive midfielder in Eric Remedi that they brought in from Atlanta United, an attacking midfielder, right, on the Chofis, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so you see, they, they, they bring in one guy in each line, and, and all of them are guys with um, a lot of experience. I mean, they're guys that are being playing major games. There still have some, you know, holes there, but but you you having one big voice, one big presence in every line. That's that's very important. So yeah, the big news in MLS are, are the players that have left, I suppose. Like a McKenzie yeah. or an Aronson. Uh, yeah. Oh, Aronson. I mean, a lot of guys that the young guys that uh, the league is selling. So if you develop an academy, if you have a strong academy. That's probably your biggest source of income right now outside of television revenue and probably even more than television revenue if you develop enough players and start selling them. I mean, they're making millions on each one of these kids. So that, that is a, it's a business plan to do that right. So for the, for the teams that didn't really concentrate on academies, now they really have to start getting into it a hell of a lot better once they start seeing all these transfer fees coming in and how much that is a source of income. For teams, right? So not not everybody was you know an academy player, but eighteen players moved from MLS to Europe during the winter of 2020, 2021. During that uh, uh, transfer window, there were twenty one wow. players. No, eighteen players. I'm sorry. That's that Which is, is uh, that's outstanding. Wild. By the way, there's a new report today that uh, Atlanta United is trying to get Lautaro Gianetti from Vélez-Sarsfield in Argentina. So they're still also trying to rebuild their team because they had a lot of holes as well. Yep. For that sign for Orlando. Well, and for Tom? Uh, Orlando signed a... Uh, who was that? Pato. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah that, that's, that's pretty big. It, I mean, it's a big name. Um, he's now his, his last his last couple of years. His last couple of years has yeah. been, you know, normal. He was playing in China for a bit, but uh, he was really big, of course, uh, when he was playing with uh, Real Madrid. 
and that will be a big signing. He's 31 years old. He's, I mean, he's there. I mean, he's, you know, he had an injury that probably slowed his, you know, his shining years. But uh, I, I think he will, be, if he comes, I, I always say the same. I don't care if the guy that you're bringing in is 20 or 21 or 30 or 35. But if he comes with the right mentality, you're not coming to retire. You're not coming for vacation. You're not coming for, you know, if you're coming with the right mentality, uh, those kind of players with experience and those kind of players with with uh, a lot of soccer knowledge are very good for the league. You know, I don't care about Let the age. It's just it's, it's about the, the, the attitude that they're coming with. And I mean, he comes from a whole bunch of really big teams. He played with AC Milan. Uh, yeah. They signed him when he was 17. He played 117 times for them, scored 51 goals. I mean, that, that's a pretty remarkable strike rate over there. He played 27 times for the national team. Also played at Chelsea, Villarreal. So uh, he's been around. So a uh, ton of experience, ton of quality. I remember him when... He was in the U-20 World Cup. I think it was in Canada, the one that was in Canada. And he and Freddie Adu were the two main stars of that, uh, of that uh, World Cup. And, uh, yeah, well, but, but, but we're looking at how the careers uh, have changed for, for both of them. And, uh, well, we, you know, we hope that uh, Pato really comes here motivated and, you know, w- wanting to really show what he, that he's got something left in the tank and that he's, and that he's going to be a positive contributor for Orlando. And I know and, the New York City fans, as long as it doesn't happen against New York City, so fine. Glenn, and I know people are going to call him Pato, and most likely his jersey will say Pato. But his name, just for you to know, is not Alexander, it's Alexandre. Yes. All right. Well, we always say it once at the start, maybe, but... Uh... I mean, Eber, I don't, do you guys, Roberto, do you call him his full name the first time you mentioned him on a broadcast and then Eber the rest of the way? Or how do you handle that? Most likely. I mean, I don't remember. I mean, it's whatever comes up naturally. But, yeah, I mean, the, the, the point is to, to do that and just call him Eber after that. So according to FIFA, they have this, uh, I don't know, FIFA Media put this out, like FIFA Transfer Market in U.S. was fifth in the January window in uh, in money received. Yep. yep. Correct. Wow. Well, you can you can you know you can see that I mean if you check the amount of players on on USL Champions League, right? Yeah. Uh, Italy, I mean, Germany, Portugal, Netherlands, Argentina and Belgium all behind, all trailing. Behind. Exactly. Yeah, US has six players, right? And this round of, of Champions League that we are playing right now. Yeah. And then and then talking about another addition that uh, stands out is uh, is another Brazilian, Brenner. He is uh, he's going to play for FC Cincinnati. He's 21. And this one kid that is like, is you you know you get Pato when he was in Brazil before going to Real Madrid. Did you get? Uh, Mm, I would say close to Neymar when he was in Brazil with Santos because of the name, okay, the 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 foot, the buzz, the expectation on on the kid. Well, he had all uh, opportunity to go all over the world, and he is coming to well, Cincinnati. When he, um, 
when they signed him, I saw where he was from and who he played against. So I did. Uh, I texted Dome and I said, "What do you think of this guy?" And he gave him mm-hmm. uh, like three thumbs up. Mm-hmm. He t- says he's legit. So he's got to score goals for them, right? Yeah, that's the deal. Yeah, totally. And then uh, all this, I j- it just follow my mind. I, I, we need to say this because all this, this young players coming in from South America, especially, uh, it, it's 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 a model that is going to keep growing, and it has based on one of the new rules of the CDA. And they actually call it the 21 rule, which is that every team can bring in up to three players, 21 or younger, and the uh, impact on the salary uh, budget is going to salary budget is going to be uh, less than a regular international player and then a regular DP player. So you know, it's, it's opening the door. Uh, to bring more and more young talent. You, I mean, we all know that if you go and look in South America, you can find 21-year-olds with 100 games as a professional. <laughs> right. Yeah. That is, that is crazy. Well, that's, a, that's so, like this kid Brunner, right? He's been playing since he was, what, 16? 16. Yeah. Yeah. So. so anything, else, anything else you guys st- stand out about the um, CBA that was agreed on? Looks like the players took a bit of a hit. Yeah. Yeah. They but. did. It, it seems that way. I mean, you, you wonder uh, if anything can be done once the, the new television contract is signed and how much money MLS is able to, to make out of that. I mean, I would think it would behoove MLS. This is what I don't understand. And maybe that's why I'm not in the business of, uh, of the league. Is that... For them to get more money from television, they need to ra- they need to raise television ratings. The, the way you do that, aside from you, you got to get your teams to play better. You've got to you've got to improve your teams. Also, you've got to get players that people want to go see, and that moves the needle. We saw that. We've seen it. We've seen it with Vela. We've seen it with Ibrahimovic. We saw it with Chicharito at the beginning when he came in. So, I mean, those type of players move the needle, and there don't seem to be a hell of a lot of them, you know, coming over this year, at least so far. Pato is one. But uh, aside from that, I mean, not much. I'm interested to see as well, and this is maybe getting off the subject a little bit, uh, to see how Chicharito responds this year. It seems like he's taking his fitness very, very seriously. At least he's being very out there on social media showing how much he's working out and and he says that he owes a debt to the team and to the fans and that uh, he wants to make it up this season. And let's say if he has a great season, obviously that's going to help ratings as well. So if you want more money from television, you've got to make them more money. So you've got to increase your television ratings. So the quickest way to do that is bring in players that people want to see. And I think that the league is sort of making a mistake by not featuring that. And when I mean players that, People want to see. I'm not saying bring in a whole bunch of old guys that everybody knows. I'm saying you bring in players who want to play, you know, who want to play and who are good. <laughs> John is making all sorts of faces. Every time I talk, he makes all sorts of faces. What are you against, John? 
No, that's the he. That's the first time he's made a face since you've uh, spoken in, in in this particular podcast, Roberto. So, but it's I, all the time. So, what are you against? Why am I a hundred percent wrong on this? Tell me. Because your assessment is taking us back to MLS nineteen ninety six. Bring no, players to fill no. in the stadiums. No, but I'm talking about you get players who people are interested in seeing. At the same time, you have players who who obviously want to play and play well. So you're bringing in the David Villas of the world, not the, not the Gerards of the world. Okay? That's what I'm talking about. You bring in the Carlos Velas of the world. You bring in the Zlatan Ibrahimovic's of the who, world. Who will tell you when your CDFC got David Villa that he will sit for eight months and play the way he played for New York City FC after those eight months, not doing any kind of competition. And who will tell you that the Gerard that was playing for his team in Premier League, being captain and being an idol, finishing the season the way he did, will come to MLS and come for vacation? Yeah, John, but you, there's no guarantees anywhere exactly. in the world. There's exactly. no guarantees anywhere exactly. in the world that exactly. you're going to be able to find somebody and that they're going to give you everything and that they're going to be exactly. and they're going to be the stars that you thought that they were going to be. But at Correct. least you have to try, John. And so you right base now they're not. What trying. are you basing your concept on? Trying what? But what are you saying? Bringing people, bringing players to bring people to the stadiums. That is more of a high risk that bringing players that are ready to keep going on their process, keep growing up and use the league as a step stone for their careers and being the stars in the world. Of yeah, soccer. but it's a balance. It's not one or the it. other. Yeah, you don't exactly. have to subscribe to one model and say, this is the only thing that you're doing. You have Correct. to be able to subscribe to various models to be able to have a team that complements each other. Correct. Tell that to LA Galaxy, who has been nowhere around. To tell that to Atlanta United, who was the team that he was in the first two years. Tell tell that to LAFC, who brought in players that nobody knew and everybody wants now, and they're playing the kind of football that they're playing. I'm not saying that you can't do both, but no. But you're putting me. You're you're trying to pigeonhole me into saying that it's only these type of players. And I'm not saying that. I am not saying that. Give me, I'm saying give me a list. A, you have to bring in players. all sorts of players, but this is part of it. I'm going to give you the spots that New York City FC had open for DP signings. And give me the players that you will bring to bring people to the stands and that are ready and they're not a high-risk transaction. Go. I don't know that, but New York City has an entire scouting department. Cavani. That's part of CFG. Cavani. Bring Cavani in. I'd love to have Cavani, obviously, but he's not not leaving Man United anytime soon right now, the way he's playing and he's featured. Well. But I wanted Cavani a long time ago. But that's the sort of play. You got to have someone like that. Who's yeah. like who's who's that who's approaching the twilight of their career but aren't there yet? Okay. But close, you know. Okay, close. that's one. Go. You still have two spots, and then you still have twenty six teams. <laughs> you see, 
It's not. Yeah, it's, it's not... It's, I, look, I, I didn't come prepared with a list of players that are available to the discussion. That's not the point. I'm not here with a whole list of players. I'm just talking to you. Yeah, we don't have anybody for our audience. Theory. We don't have any ideas for our audience. Who's coming? We don't know. It's not that, but we're, we're, we're talking about the theory of the situation, yes. not the full I, reality of the so situation, the whole, because right. we're not agents and we're not players. No, you're talking hybrid, Roberto. You're talking a hybrid situation. So, and, and, and You don't think the team yeah. is doing that? Say what? You don't think the teams are doing that? No. Right now they're not. New York City hasn't signed a marquee player since uh, 2017. Well, that's actually 2006, the 2015. I take it back. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless yeah. you want to consider Matarita one at the, at, at the time that he came. No, he's not a marquee. He's never going to be. He won't be. Never. Yeah. But I mean, they haven't had a player who moves the needle as far as fans saying, hey, this guy's on the team. I'm interested to see how he does. Did it. And this now breaks, Did it. makes me interested in New York City FC. Forget. Forget. <laughs> John's favorite player. All right, well, if you just look at the last – go back to the last year way. or two. Who, what's, what's been the biggest signing in MLS? Ibrahimovic? Ever? Yes. I mean, in our, wait, wait, since when? You are we're just looking at the last just go back a year or two. Vela been the biggest sign. Vela. Vela. That's one. Mm-hmm. Look, um, right there. And but, then... but but based on what yeah, so he's and he's a he's obviously a marquee kind of player because we've seen him in Mexico and World Cup and but um I think the way LAFC plays is more about bringing people to the stadium than the actual names that play the game. I mean, that's the thing about it. So that's where style comes in. I mean, they play a style that's like, if you're going to tune into an MLS game, you're asking me, uh, you know, here's the, here are all the game. Here are all the teams that you could watch, you know, on a, on a Tuesday at four o'clock. Who are you picking? I'm picking LAFC every time. Every I mean, time. It's the style they play huh. and the atmosphere in the stadium when we had fans. I mean, all those things come together to make it an exciting broadcast. But, I mean, if you look at New York City, I mean, New York City is an attacking team. They love to go forward, right? I mean, they didn't score many goals for most of the season last year, but under Dome, they scored a ton of goals. Under Vieira, they scored a ton of goals as well. And I think that eventually they'll start scoring again. Well, now we got to see who they're going to bring in. But the potential was there. I mean, they, they, they play an attractive going forward style, except that no anybody. That's the thing. Unless I mean, you're a diehard. Yeah, the, the, the point for me is the league already passed that uh, cycle, that era, that system in which the important thing was to bring in players that sell seats. The teams are well formed now. They are creating their own players with their academies and they are managing the money in a different way. And they're more focused on creating balanced teams that play something that attracts fans because of the style or develop players so they can catch in on the development of those players. Yes, but you so not this have, is you actually be married to one system. 
No, I don't, I don't say that. There are many systems. There are many systems, and that's why MLS is so rich. Isn't that the idea of the club, too, Roberto, is just loving exactly. your team? You love your players. You love your team. You know, it doesn't oh, matter if it's Ibrahimovic or, or Castellanos, huh? Right, but that also comes around to marketing and what else is what else you're competing against. It's very different, you know, the, to, have a, to have something like that in a country where soccer is the only sport and it has been for years where you can have six teams in London and they're all tremendously supported or the same thing is the same thing in Mexico City or in Buenos Aires, right? Wherever it is, it's not that. I mean, over here, you got to compete against the Jets, the Giants, the Knicks, the Nets, the Rangers, Islanders, Devils, Mets, Yankees, Broadway. I mean, there's a lot and to say nothing about the Red Bulls. So, I mean, <laughs> the Liberty Sky blue. I mean, there's everything here. This is this is unique as far as our country is concerned. Okay, and there's a lot of soccer fans in New York. That doesn't mean that there's a lot of New York City fans in New York or Red Bull fans in New York. And part of the way that you get their attention, part of the way that you get their attention, is by that. But you've got it's a it's a several. It's like an octopus style of marketing where you have to find different ways to find fans and to make them lifetime fans of the team. And this is just one, but it's also the way that, that attracts more attention than anything else. Well, I will say this, John, John shaking his head again, but I will say this, John. So when I, uh, 2018 World Cup, I went into, I think you remember this, I went into neighborhoods all throughout the five boroughs, you know, uh, everything. Um, the port uh, covering every every team because uh, in Queens, you know, you go to you can walk down the street and it's a different neighborhood. And I would say I didn't come across anyone who was uh, you know a, Bra a Bra Brazilian neighborhood or a Mexican neighborhood, uh, Portugal, uh, wherever I went. None of none of them want, watched MLS. Like none of them, none of them. Yep. Some many of them didn't know who New York, what New York City FC was. So, so if we go to what Roberto's saying, you know, it's 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 impo it's possible in a place like New York City where you have all these that maybe there is a I don't know. You pick a pick a nationality. I tell you this, I, I tell you this and I put my money on it. Let's say New York City FC do not bring anyone, okay? They do not hire, they do not transfer and pay for any other player this window, okay? All right. Let's just say it for the sake of it. And they win the MLS Cup, okay? Right. Next yeah. year, the stadium, whatever they play, will be packed. Not because of the so. big names that they have, but because they're champions, now do that with kids. So. Do that with like Red Bulls, with kids from their academy and with developing kids and selling players. Win the MLS Cup. I'm not talking the supporters show. Win the MLS Cup, and you're gonna have more fans. That if you bring a 35 year old from whatever it is, three time champion. But again, I never said that you bring in a 35 year old three time champion. That's not what I. That's not what I'm saying. Again, you're trying to put words in my mouth. That's not what I'm saying. Hey, let's get Gignac. Ah, but hey, let's way, bring in uh, mean, Gignac to play at, the nine. 
the the the, well, the other thing, the, the, at... the real thing is that the real thing is that okay, the fans in the states, especially the American fans of of the game, are so close and 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 are so focused on Champions League and Premier League that the only players that they are interested are on those. 200 players, because if you count the amount of players that play between Premier League and those teams that play the champions, you don't get more than 300 players overall, okay? So the rest of the world doesn't exist. But you have here and you had here players that are top players, very top players from different kind of countries, okay? So those teams that are investing on those young players to come here finish their process and cashing on those transfers down the road at the same time that are that they are giving to the fans a great spectacle are the teams that are doing a real process and again john my, my point is that you you don't approach this from one angle and one angle only and you do all that and you bring in the kids from the academy and you still have winners you know right no but i mean you saw how james fans is been able to play and uh, the way he succeeded, Joe Scally, obviously, and you have other kids that are coming up and uh, hopefully they'll get a chance to play and, and to shine. But it's not the only option of how to build, how to build a team. I mean, I remember when, when you would walk through the stands at Yankee Stadium and how many Pirlo jerseys you would see in 2015 and 2016, okay? Those, those people move, you know, move the needle. They moved the needle. They got before or after he hide behind the wall. Before or after he hide behind the wall. Well, you can do that one or the one that you know. You can, it was be, it was before the wall and also after the time that he was stuck at the post at the end of 2015. <laughs> and a lot of goal there. Ask guys this: Do you think if you took a poll of ten people who considered themselves soccer fans in New York City, that they would be able to name more players in the Premier League or MLS? Premier League. They would do what? what? What was the question again, Tom? They would what? Sorry, my furnace is going off here. Poll. I can't hear anything. <laughs> if you took a poll of 10 people who identified themselves as soccer fans in New York City, would they be able to name more players in the Premier League or in MLS right now? Oh. Premier Premiership. League. Premiership by about five to one. Exactly. And also, but, it depends what neighborhood you go to. Because if you go, depending on the neighborhood, you no. might find that they name more players in Colombia or in Mexico no. or no. Argentina. No, no, because the Latino fan of the game is fan of the game. It's not fan of one league or, 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 or continent. If you go to any Latino uh, neighborhood and you want to talk football, you find a lot of people that can talk to you about Premier League, about Serie A, about... Argentinian League, Mexican League, you know, they're fan of the game. And that's yeah. culture. And that's culture. This league is only 25 years old. Only. That means, that means we barely have our sons watching MLS. Okay? But people of our age, our parents, our, you know, uncles, nobody asked them to watch a game of the local league because there was not the culture. So right now, it's only the beginning of this. That's why you had to take it into the process. This is a process. 
And, you know, a, a little kid like my son, I mean, yes, he watched Premier League with me. And he watched, you know, the championship with me. But he wants to play for New York City FC. Mm-hmm. I don't, I oh, that's don't cool. t- okay. And you know what? He said, I don't want to play anywhere else. I want to play my whole career in NYCFC. Yeah. Right. Right. They, they might need him this year. They might need him this year, John. You're going you're gonna <laughs> to have to fly anybody. in from Portland. You're going to have to fly in from Portland soon. <laughs> I don't know. You know, but the point there is the culture, you know, the culture. You ask him his favorite player, he doesn't say Messi, he said Maxi Morales. Good. And but wow, that's yeah. also something that that the team obviously has to work on and trying to get more kids be interested in the team. I mean, that's part of the marketing that they've got to be able to do a hundred percent. And the kids is another story. Okay. Right. That's, I've always that's said true. that that's where you start. You you do an investment with kids as young as four or five years old and comic books or coloring books or whatever you can Not only that, to the get them interested in the team and Look, uh, it starts there. I'm, the- I'm, doing, I'm doing a piece, I'm doing a work with the LAFC Academy, okay? Because they have these three kids. How long is the LAFC, LAFC Academy? Three years. Okay, three full years, 16, 17, 18. Well, no, 17, 18, 19, three full years. And um, they have three kids that were just called up for the Mexican under 17, okay? And, but the concept of this academy is we don't have um, a residency program because we understand that the population in LA is that big that if we cannot find 20 players of each age for our teams, we're doing something wrong. We need to cater to this population in our city so we're doing everything we can to find those players in our city it doesn't matter the neighborhood the conditions the family the no because those are the players that are going to love our team and our club and they want to play for our club and if you do that guess what the families come behind yeah and not only parents uncles you know so that's that's the way that's important to the bottom of it but also important is uh, is conditioning your three, four, and five year old by bringing them to the game, you know, yep. and then and then you know experiencing at at LAFC, it's an unbelievable experience. But uh, that that's where um, I mean, I know there's been empirical studies on this, but it almost make you know it's it's like common sense. I mean, that's that's how you develop a love for the sport. I mean, you know, my father took me to baseball games, specifically Yankee games, so. You know that that was my love. If he if he took me to Corona Park or to the Met Oval or to Farcher's Grove, and, and to to watch uh, soccer games, and, and that's all I knew, then that that's what I would have loved. So um, that's where you, I you know I think that's important, John. What you're saying, you know, catering to the community in terms of the academy structure and giving opportunities there. But I think just as important, if not more, right. is uh, is bringing them to the games when they're really the ball boys. The ball boys, what teams yeah. does with, with the ball boys? You know, they cater to um, uh, big clubs or, or, or to, um, to the um, industries that bring, you know, their people. And, and, and so getting, so you want to get close to any kind of business, you offer them the opportunity to, 
you know, get some kids together and they're going to be the ball boys of our game or, you know, and in other clubs like LAFC, the ball boys are kids from the academy. Yeah. So I the like kid that. is sitting there feeling, you know, the stance and saying, well, I want to be in this field. That's like, that's like automatic. That's me. what happens everywhere. Everywhere. The kids from, from, from the academies are the ball boys. And you always grew up watching those other players and those are your idols. Yeah, no question. I mean, we did that in, that's what you did in high school, you know, in your town, you know, the, the, the little boys were your, were your ball boys. So they could see you, you know, the high, big high schoolers playing, uh, playing soccer. But you're right. It, but it, it does go back to culture. And I remember listening to a former New York city executive and they were asking him about marketing for the team when it was first getting underway. And, it was an interesting answer to one of the questions where he said, if you're in New York City, this is from the city football group perspective, you know, their first choice would, would be for you to buy a New York City jersey. But if you're anywhere else, they'd rather you buy, their goal is to get you to be a Man City fan. They, you know, that, that was like the overall overarching theme that was if New York City focused. Yes. But other than that, it was all about, you know, the, the big, the big club the big club and the satellite club. There's a, John, you put that, you were the first one that to put that one out. The, the new, uh, the new addition to the uh, CFG Academy, <laughs> a team at what is a fourth division team in France fourth level. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Actually, I think that's really smart strategy, by the way, I take a small, you take a small team like that. Right. And then it's easier to get, you know, it's an investment and it takes time to get them up into first division. But if that's what you're trying to do, it's a lot cheaper to buy one of those teams than it is to buy a first division team. And sometimes you don't even need it on first division because you can use yeah. that team, you know, as a farm. You used to bring players to train them on your system, to have the, the you know, the, the sporting rights and then move them from team to team. No question. It's for players. It's a coaching development I mean, they're, they're really, um, they're re really creating a, uh, you know, and the, and the thing about uh, Ronnie Dyla's staff is, I, I think we probably talked about this when he was hired is that you've got, um, you know, th this staff, they didn't really know each other or work with each other before. It's not the typical, uh, a head coach comes in and he brings in his, uh, you know, trusted loyal assistants. And that's, that's part of the city football group way with these satellite clubs. They don't necessarily pair up people that have worked together before they pair up or not pair, but bring in a group of coaches who they feel can have all the different qualities necessary and, uh, you know, train them under the, the methods, although they can add their personality obviously and things like that. So it's a, it's a pretty interesting thing that's being developed both for players and coaches. Well, we're recording well, this on, we got uh, a run here. U.S. Women's National Team playing. We got the She Believes gotta, Cup, and we got, we got four players from Argentina that can't play because of COVID. But uh, that we're recording this Thursday, so this will probably publish maybe Thursday night, probably Friday. And uh, the U.S. Women will have already played against Canada. That's a big rivalry, so that's one to watch. And um, just watch the development of uh, this national team on the women's side, you know, under a new coach. So it's kind of interesting to see. I'm looking forward to that game because they, they're they're facing somebody who's good. You know, it's been, a lot of their games have been against teams that they should beat and should beat easily. Now they're facing somebody who has a very very good talent level, and it's going to be it's going to push the women. So I'm I'm looking forward to that game. So I think it's going to be fun. 
Canada. All right, well, let's go. Canada's let's... missing some players, so I hope that doesn't take it down too much of a notch. But we'll see. All right, we'll keep an eye on that, and uh, we'll certainly keep an eye on New York City player movement. Hopefully, we have some more people to talk about coming up here in a few episodes. John, let's start with you. Where can people follow what you're up to? Well, people can follow me on jrojas875. That is on Twitter. As like said before, I'm, I'm finishing up a story uh, with the LAFC Academy. I published this week a 20-minute chat with uh, the vice president of marketing of Chicago Fire, talking about the re- not rebranding, but uh, the process in which they're changing their identity again. I think that's a, a real nice conversation with updates on that process. All right. Roberto Abramowitz. Yes, sir. You can follow me on Twitter at Rob Abramowitz, on Facebook at Roberto Abramowitz Oficial, and on Instagram at uh, Roberto Abramowitz. So I uh, hope to see everybody there. Follow oh, enjoy the fun. By the way, uh, Tom, uh, just for people who listen, if they want to, I'm already on Clubhouse, and I'm not going to explain to Glenn what that is. Good. We don't have it's another episode. It's a whole episode of, by itself. I, I think I know Clubhouse, but go ahead, John. Uh, no, we oh, don't I have won't. time for that right now. Glenn, just tell people where they can listen to you on Sirius. Yeah, they, I don't think they can hear me on Clubhouse, but no. uh, they can on Sirius XMFC. <clears throat> Wednesdays on the Coaching Academy. Had a good day, and then it's on the app, and it gets repeated, and I have a podcast on frame. But this um, this week, a pretty interesting dude. I, I've been wanting to get this guy on for a long time. And for the longest time, I got no response or anything. And then finally, a publicist got a hold of me. His name's John Gordon. He's a, a leadership guy, but he wrote a, a book called uh, The Energy Bus, which a lot of people read. And it's a, it, it, it's a, it's positive messaging, positive leadership. So it's uh, he sends a good message. And uh, I thought there's an interesting story, Tom. Dabo Swinney, the Clemson head football coach, uh, that's one of his clients, Clemson football and Swinney. And then Swinney has his soccer connection with Tanner uh, Tessman, the FC Dallas product. That's his godson who instead to go kick uh, field goals for his uh, godfather, he decided to go to FC Dallas, homegrown, made his international debut. And, uh, you know, there's some interesting stories there. So thank you. Thanks for letting All right. me say that. Absolutely. I'm at T. Colker for Glenn, Roberto, and John. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Soccer in the City.